Dread it. Run from it. Destiny arrives all the same. Welcome back to 15 Minutes of Marvel, the only podcast that gives you Marvel reviews, news, and rumors in just 15 minutes. I'm your host, Ethan Simi, and today on the show, I am super stoked to talk Black Widow with someone who has actually already seen Black Widow. I've got some questions to get me even more hyped up for the movie, and I just, I can't wait any longer to ask them. I am lucky enough to be joined by the managing editor of Fandango himself, Eric Davis. Welcome to the show, Eric. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, now, Eric, actually, I've been lucky enough to link up with you in the past on my former podcast, uh, where we also talked about some Marvel movies. But are, are you ready to talk even more Marvel today? Yeah, I'm always ready to talk about Marvel. Like, I'm, I'm, this is, we haven't had a Marvel movie in theaters in over two years. So, like, I'm ready. Let's go. Absolutely agree with you there. So, I want to start off by, by talking about Black Widow. You were lucky enough to see it before the general public has. Uh, and, and I just want to know, first off, a little bit about your viewing experience. Did you get to see it in a theater? Did it was an event? Did you have to watch it at home? How did, how did that all work out? No, definitely not watching it at home. That's the, without a doubt. I mean, when you haven't had a Marvel movie in two (laughs) years, like to like watch it at home is just a disservice, I feel. So, so yeah, I I did go to to the theater uh, and I watched it. Um, It wasn't like an event. It was, it was like a press screening um, um, prior to, um, you know, prior to to journalists doing interviews and stuff for a film. uh, Usually they'll have like, you know, different, press screenings and so this was a press screening it wasn't with like a with like a crowd of marvel fans which honestly is is i kind of want to go back and watch it with with like you know with the fans because when you when you watch a movie with like a bunch of critics in the room you don't necessarily get um you know the reactions uh that that you you expect to get from um from uh, certain kinds of films. And so, uh, but it was still awesome. And uh, it was great to see a Marvel movie back on the big screen. I had a great time watching it. Um, There's, I think the first thing that really hit me was action, you know, uh, because I've been, you know, we've all been embedded in these three shows that Marvel Studios has produced on Disney Plus um, with WandaVision, Falcon, Winter Soldier, Loki. uh, And and they've been heavy on character, maybe Mm -hmm. lighter, on the sort of MCU action that we've come to expect from the films. Um, But this one, when you watch Black Widow, it's like action sequence after the action sequence. And you're like, okay, this is the difference between the movies uh, and the TV shows. So that was sort of my, my, my first biggest thing that hit me uh, when I watched it. Absolutely. That sounds phenomenal. That's what I've heard from the most part in terms of, of people talking about it on social media once the the embargo lifted etc uh and that sounds great i'm really glad that you were able to see it in a screening i was really worried that you were going to be like oh no they they made me watch it at home and it was it was a bummer so uh, <laughs> no, no way thank goodness you didn't have to do that um but you know mentioning that i could not imagine going to see infinity war going to see Endgame in a room full of critics and missing out on the the experience that i had so you know I guess uh, you take what you get, what you get. Um, so it is available on Disney Plus in people's homes. It sounds like you're pretty avid about people going to the theater if they feel safe to do so. Do, do you uh, want people to see this in a theater? Do you think it enhances the, the movie and the experience as a whole? 
I mean, look, without a doubt, I, I think seeing a movie in a theater is always going to enhance the experience that you have with that movie. It doesn't matter if it's Black Widow uh, or if it's, uh, you know, anything else that's yep. out, uh, Zola or The Green Knight or, you know, smaller yep. films like any any kind of film uh, deserves to be, I think, seen in 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 a theatrical setting. Um, but yeah, I mean, of course, if, if you feel safe, we are still sort of uh, going through uh, a pandemic. So you definitely want to look at your local community and make sure that you feel safe. If you're vaccinated, you know, everybody yeah. right now, everybody's making those own individual choices based on where they live, based on the, on their own sort of uh, conditions that are happening uh, in, in their family and what have you. So yeah. uh, that being said, if you do feel comfortable going to the movies without a doubt i would say watch this on the big screen um it is it is big explosive marvel action and uh, i would say especially watch it on the big screen if you're somebody who has been watching these tv shows that marvel has been putting out and and you're and you're sort of questioning okay you know i'm getting marvel on the tv on tv shows do i have to go also watch them in the theater uh i think you know you'll see the differences between the experiences that they're giving you on the big screen and then at home. And I think it's important to sort of, um, to sort of experience them in different ways. So yeah, I, I would definitely say, uh, see it, see it in a theater without a doubt. I mean, this thing just has like nonstop action in it. So, uh, okay. uh you, you're going to want to watch it on a big screen. Okay. Thank goodness you say that I I'm seeing it in IMAX in about 56 hours. I'm not counting the hours. <laughs> I just know <laughs> off the top of my hand. Um, but I'm, I'm about to lose my mind. I, I can't believe it's going to be the first time seeing a Marvel movie in, in a theater in two years. So I'm really glad to hear that, that it's good, uh, you know, for, for a movie theater screen to enhance the action and everything. Uh, now, you, you mentioned it's, it's really action heavy. It distinguishes itself from the television shows um, with that. Is there is there anything else that that stood out to you the most, um, you know, without spoiling anything, of course, uh, where it really was unique to to the movie setting versus the Disney Plus TV show setting. Yeah, I mean, the action, without a doubt. Um, I think also sort of that ensemble MCU experience. You know, that's one of the things that this film does is it does introduce sort of a new ensemble uh, that become a bit of a team towards mm -hmm. the end of the film. A couple of really great new characters uh, played by uh, Florence Pugh, uh, who I think is probably the one that most people will be talking about. David Harbour's character, the Red Guardian, also um, very good. I actually would have probably liked to see a little bit more of him. Okay. Um, but his character, I think, is very memorable. Those two, Yelena uh, and, and the Red Guardian character, I think will be ones that people will walk out of this film saying, I want to see more of them. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the two, you will know the net by the time you get to the end of Black Widow. You will know the next time you will see one of those two. Uh, I won't say which one, okay. um, but so so it is interesting uh, that that they do uh, let you know uh, that. So um, I would say you know the the characters are memorable. The action is memorable. This is a globe trotting sort of uh, film. So you're going to see action. So you, you know, I feel like you're watching the Marvel shows, especially Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I really loved. I loved the show, mm -hmm. but it just did feel like every fight took place in like some abandoned European warehouse somewhere. Right. Uh, yeah. And I was just, I was like, I need to see like, <laughs> like finally when the finale got to New York, I was like, finally, but then they were fighting like underground somewhere and it felt right. like the same <laughs> location again. So it's nice to see a Marvel movie that's in like several like 
international locations. You, they're outside. They're running across rooftops. You know, you you see the cities. Um, you get that flavor of it, and I think that that really sort of uh, is something that I took away from it uh, as well. Ooh, that's that's very exciting. I love that little little piece of bait you threw in there. We'll we'll know exactly what's going to happen in one of them. Well. I'm, I'm even more excited. So thank you. You've mission accomplished. Uh, now, because you do work at Fandango, I'm, I'm very curious. Um, are you able to share any pre-sale ticket information for Black Widow? Just out of personal curiosity, I always buy the pre-sale tickets. I've got to know that I've got my seat on lockdown as soon as possible. Um, but with people getting back to the theater, I'm curious what that might look like for the first Marvel movie back in a movie theater. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I, I will tease that that it's that it's doing well, um, but I, I, I think that, you know, we'll probably have some news on that its release date so i don't want to sort of jump the gun there but sure. uh but yeah you know without a doubt it's it's doing well um and i think people are recognizing that you know uh it's marvel's back on the yep. big screen um you know and if you look at you know sort of films like a quiet place part two and f9 mm -hmm. uh that also did very very well at the box office you know people are you know are sort of saying i i miss that blockbuster experience i want to get back to it and we haven't had marvel in over two years and so um you know if there was a film that i would say look you know tickets have been on sale go go get your tickets if you want to see this film opening weekend you know we're at a place now like i'm gonna say go go get those tickets now yep. because i think we're gonna see a lot of sold out show times um from from for this film uh you know anticipation is high that's so exciting to hear i'm i'm i for one am very very happy that we're getting back to the movie theater i've been back to the movie theater for a while now since since spiral came out a couple months ago and uh it's just been a phenomenal experience speaking outside of black widow just for a few moments here we have a total of four marvel films that are coming to the big screen in 2021 we've got black widow Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, The Eternals, and Spider-Man No Way Home. I know you're obviously a big movie guy. You're a big Marvel guy yourself. I've got to know which one of those four movies are you looking forward to the most this year and why? Yes. Well, technically, I think you got to throw Venom, Let There Be Carnage in there as well. Sure. Um, technically a Marvel film, but it's yeah. not a Marvel Studios produced film. But at this point, you know, we don't even know. Like, is this film going to nod to the MCU, like what that relationship is like. So, uh, so it, it's gonna gonna keep eyes on Venom too as well, especially when it comes to that Spider-Man movie that's coming out. But yep. I mean, look, we're watching Loki right now. Um, we're at the point where, um, you know, for the first time, you know, a bunch of different Lokis showed up at the last episode. So it was like, this was the most multiverse that Marvel has yeah. gotten. You know, they, they, so they cool. finally began to show like a really big card. Uh, and that is the fact that you can have all of these different versions of a character in live action. Uh, you know, we got the Spider-Verse movie and animation and that was sort of a, uh, I guess a an appetizer for what a multiverse sure. can be, but now live action is a whole different ball game. And so, uh, seeing that end of that episode, 
Um, I'm sure I speak for a lot of Marvel fans. Like now, like Spider-Man No Way Home becomes like, I want to see that film, you know? So I think that one um, and that Doctor Strange movie, I think the both of them will probably play as companion pieces to one another. They're both coming out just a few months from from apart from each other. Um, But I would say uh, at this point, just because I came off that Loki episode, I I, want to see No Way Home. I'm really super stoked to see what they do with this multiverse. I think it's going to be a lot of fun and, and it's going to be the kind of thing where you just you just have a smile on your face the whole time, yeah. um, watching things that you've always like imagined, uh, playing with action figures as a kid or something like that. But yeah. uh, apart from uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, I mean, I'm kind of I'm, I, I think I'm probably looking forward to Eternals a little bit more than Shang-Chi. Nice. Um, yeah, I wasn't as crazy about that first Venom movie. Of course, I'm looking forward to it. I like Andy Serkis. I'm interested to see what he's doing. Uh, but in, in my my view, I, I, Eternals, you know, Chloe Zhao, I think she's a terrific director. I think the film just looks so intimate and personal yeah. and lovely, um, even though we haven't seen a lot from it yet. Um, but I, I, I love her filmmaking. Uh, you know, she is the first Best Director Oscar winner to have an MCU movie come out. And I think yep. it's going to show on the screen. And, and I'm curious to see if it then becomes uh, a, the next big awards contender for Marvel following sort of the success that they had with Black Panther. So we'll have to see there. But I think that that would be you know, that would be the one, um, you know, the cinephile in me is looking forward to Eternals the most. The Marvel fan in me is looking forward to No Way Home the most, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, uh, you know, you and I are are one in the same. I I can't get enough Spider-Man No Way Home content. I'm, you know, anxiously foaming at the mouth for that trailer as, as we all are. But I do think the Eternals is going to be a potential MCU game changer. How can you not be excited Based on what we've seen so far, it looks absolutely breathtaking and beautiful and new, and and that I am very very excited for. Uh, so glad to hear you know we're we're both excited for the same things here. With me uh, mentioning the last Spider Man movie, I, I have to bring up my affinity for for Jake Gyllenhaal and for Mysterio. Absolutely, without a doubt, the most underrated MCU villain in my opinion. I will stand by that. That is a mantra of this show. Not to mention Jake obviously crushing it in in all sorts of uh, theatrical and and movie roles that he takes. Yesterday, you posted a video on Twitter in which you had Jake break down one of his scenes as Mysterio. Great video, super funny guy. And and you wrote in the comments, like, he's just a really nice guy. He's really funny. I got to ask, do you have a, a funny or interesting story of chatting with Jake G at all? Because listen, this is the closest I've ever been to the man. So I've got to know what's he like. <laughs> Jake is really cool. I've actually been talking to Jake for a very, very long time. I think one of our first interviews, God, I forget which movie it was for. Uh, I'd have to look at his filmography. But sure. um, I remember we talked about his bar mitzvah because I think instead of having like a, a party for his bar mitzvah, I think he like he went to like a homeless shelter or something and like helped out at a homeless shelter. And I had read that story somewhere. And so I remember kicking off the interview with that. And he was just like, wow. he was laughing. He was, I, I don't think anybody had ever asked him that question. He was like, no, we did have a party for my bar mitzvah. But my <laughs> mother also insisted that we go uh, to this to the shelter to help out, which I thought was awesome. But yeah, no, he's a really fun guy. What happened with that is we brought him into our studio. We have a, um, uh, a, a studio in, in Cal in LA, uh, where we do a lot of, um, 
sort of production and stuff like that. And so we uh, brought him in there and it was a lot of fun. That sounds awesome. What I mean, hey, that that helps my case on this show. You you've just locked it up. How can you hate Jake G? Uh, so, <laughs> you know, you've done me a good service here. So to, to finish off the episode, I've got a couple quick fire questions from from listeners of the podcast. We're going to go speed round style. Simple, easy answers. Are, are you game? Are you ready for this? Yeah, yeah, let's go. OK, so I've got four coming at you without spoiling it. After seeing Black Widow, do you think Natasha is going to be back in the MCU after this? Yes, without, yeah, but that but not from seeing the film. Uh, okay. I just think it. I just think in general that they'll they'll use her again, and I hope that they use her in this multiverse setting in some way, and she comes back and she's completely like a different version of the the character that we see. Like that's what mm. I hope. If they bring her back, if they bring back uh, uh, Evans, Captain America, if they bring back Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark, I mean, look, you have a yep. multiverse, you have time travel, you can literally do anything and bring anyone back at this point. But I hope if they do bring them back, they. They are like completely different versions that we've seen before. And the characters that we're invested in right now, our heroes in that journey, have to now contend with the fact that these people that they knew so well are completely not the people that they thought they were. So that that's kind of what I would like to see uh, if, if she comes back. But yeah, without a doubt, she's yeah. coming back. That would that would be some wild stuff. That would be force a lot of people to grapple with with a lot of emotions for sure. Yeah. Uh, what about Florence Pugh as Yelena Belova? You mentioned we'll we'll know the ending for someone. Obviously, I don't want you giving anything away, but it sounds like we might know where her character stands after the movie. Yes, you will. Okay, good to know. Does the post credit scene tie in with current MCU content that we are watching right now? Uh, not that we are watching right now, but content that is coming up. Okay. This that, that's good. Oh, okay. That's really good to know. And the final question, who is the better MCU villain, Ultron or Mysterio? Oh, <laughs> you can't, you can't uh, double back on what you, what you've done for the show by now, but you know, I guess follow your heart. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I would probably, I love the dialogue that was written for Ultron. It was really fun. And I kind of, uh, I'd set it set the precedent for I think Thanos, who I think had mm-hmm. better dialogue than Ultron. Um, but I would say um, Mysterio, uh, just because I love JG and I like what they did with that film, and I like what they did with his character, and I liked how he was sort of like this actor, sort of playing yeah. the part of this villain, and uh, and I like the different reveals there. So it had more layers to it, uh, and it was really interesting. Um, and Ultron is, is my least favorite of the Avengers movies. So I would say, uh, Mysterio. Okay. Okay. I can tell you right now that listener who submitted the question might be a little fired up. So just, just <laughs> Sorry. Be, be a little I careful. Out there. <laughs> I like Ultron too. I, I love, I love, I love Ultron. I love, yeah. you know, the, I think that, I think Ultron, um, while wasn't, uh, the most successful of all of the Marvel villains, I think it really sort of opened our eyes to, um, um, uh, a villain that had more depth and had yes. more to say, um, and wasn't just sort of this caricature. Yes. So I love that yep. Ultron brought that aspect, um, and it made and Ultron really made us sort of uh, say to Marvel, look like we demand to see more from from the villains. And and yes. and Marvel had a had has had a villain problem. Uh, and I think Ultron sort of was the first of them saying, look, we are trying to add more layers and depth to our villains. And I think Thanos ultimately is is a really great version of that. But uh, but between Mysterio and Ultron, I would say Mysterio. 
Yeah. Ultron definitely gave us a, a broader view of, of what a villain could mean and not just someone that our heroes fight with. Um, a huge thank you, Eric, for coming on the show, coming on the podcast. If people want to follow you on social media, where are you at? What's your handle? Where can people find you? Yeah, you know, I'm always hanging out on Twitter at Eric with a K, uh, Davis, E-R-I-K-D-A-V-I-S, and you can follow me there. Uh, and yeah, and then just kind of go to Fandango, get your tickets for Black Widow at Fandango. That'd be my message. Definitely. <laughs> Absolutely uh, recommend following you on Twitter. You're always good with the, with the movie content and the movie release schedule. You're always on point with that. Uh, thanks, Eric. I'm looking forward to having you back on the show. I really appreciate the time, man. Thanks, man. Take care. Take care. Look, one day I'll see a Marvel movie before the general public, just like Eric Davis. I promise that's the life goal. I just got to put it into the universe. I got to put it out there. It'll definitely happen. How hyped are you for Black Widow? Let me know on Twitter at 15 Minute Marvel. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on any major podcast platform. And a special shout out to our patron of the show, Brandon Clark. If you feel like joining him, getting a shout out every episode and access to some really cool exclusive stuff, hit up the Patreon for the podcast. I will see you back here next time for my instant reaction of Loki episode 5. What are the variants planning? What is happening? I'm Ethan Simi, and remember, always go higher, further, and faster.